survived his weekend that was good Ep yeah episode I, I was gonna say this is the birthday bowl edition of uh rubbing tubs welcome birthday back birthday episode bowl. eight yep. episode eight week Our seven recap. cole how you feeling after your birthday oh fucking dude i was so tired yeah i was so exhausted i mean like uh when i got back to arizona last night it was like I think we landed at like 10.30 and then we didn't get home until close to midnight and I just like passed out. I, I, I don't think I've passed out that fast in a long time. Actually, every night that I was in Texas, it was so easy for me to pass out, bro. Yeah, I, I'd say it was, a, it was a pretty exhausting weekend, but I mean, it was fun. I mean, I, I hope you enjoyed your birthday. It was a, I'd say it was a good, successful little weekend. But, it's always um, a good birthday when you get to spend it away from Chase. <laughs> What'd you say? I said it's always a good birthday when you get to spend it away from Chase. Damn. That's cool. <laughs> I respect you, it. Don't worry about been, it. You've been away from Chase. What is, yeah, I, you know. away. I, I don't even see you anymore. I see you like I once a year, twice a year. I know. It's kind of sad if I'm being honest. I'm going to have to come over to Texas just to hang out with Emilio and Luis now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, speaking of... Yeah, new uh, new guest this week. We got Emilio on here with us. Emilio, you want to introduce yourself, yourself real quick? Yeah. Introduce myself. Uh, well, I'm the guy with the Mexican accent that was referenced. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> episodes. So, well, you guys uh, will be able to judge how bad it is. So I think it's. Oh, I love it. It's there, but definitely there. But you know, it'll do as long as you get me. It's fine. How did you and how do you and Luis know each other? You guys went to school together. I, I think I met him when uh, we were both immigrating across the river. Um, we were we have a we have a buddy system whenever we uh, make our way up here, and we got paired together. So you know, the I rest of history. Coyote. Yeah. <laughs> well, glad to have you this week, man. Pleasure to meet you, and looking forward to some college football takes. And so you're yeah. a big A and M fan, right? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yes. <laughs> I mean it's yeah. No, we can uh, we can we can talk a little bit. We can talk a little bit about. Uh, I want to. I'm curious to like dissect a little bit of, I guess, your opinion specifically surrounding A and M, but specifically around a lot of the games that we had this weekend, just because we did have like a pretty decent, entertaining slate. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we had that USC-Notre Dame game. We, we saw how USC got exposed. Oregon-Washington was a great uh, thing that might be game of the year contender. Um, Cole and I went and attended the TCU game, which was kind of fun to watch. The uh, Colorado-Stanford game. I mean, there's a couple of different things that we can dissect today. So, um, yeah, I mean, do you guys just want to dive right in into the frauds that are the Southern Californian Trojans, or, or where do you guys want to start? Uh, first off, I think the first the first game Friday, um, you got to talk about that, Colorado. What happened? Oh yeah, dude. How did you blow a twenty nine point lead at half? At half, mm, dude. that's pretty incredible because it's it's not like Stanford's a team that's good. No, Stanford's like, not a good football team. No, and it, I mean you they're up by twenty nine. They're at home, and then Travis Hunter just got exposed in the second half. 
You know, well, that guy, I, I, I did see, uh, like, I showed Cole, too, like, some of the – because we watched the very ending of that game when we were at a bar in the stockyards Friday night. But um, in some of the highlights, dude, yeah, Travis Hunter low-key, like, I mean, he, yeah, had, he, had, he was good on offense, I guess, but it's – I mean, he's coming back from injury. Like, I don't know how – if he was at 100% just because on some of those – defensive plays he was he was low-key getting cooked <laughs> yeah i mean he gave up what wasn't that the not the game when he touched down but i mean to send it to double ot he got cooked the guy caught what mossed him and walked in with the end zone dude yeah cole do you remember that one the one where he caught it off the dude's helmet well cole might be frozen over there but yeah no, anyways, i don't know did you guys see that yeah i was watching uh i turned it off at halftime because they're by 29 zero <laughs> And I'm getting a text like halfway through the fourth, and you know my uncle's like they're down by ten. I'm like, dude, don't worry. Like I, I add him in like a teaser. I was like, that I, I only need minus six, and they end up fucking losing. That's just crazy to me. I, but I, I don't know if Colorado wins another game this season. If I'm being honest, I, I mean they play good teams because what I think they might have a bye this week, but they play at UCLA. Don't they play? What Oregon? Well, I, I, I wrote it down, so I've got it right in front. Yeah, of me. yeah. Let me but see. it's it's at they their next five games at UCLA. What did he say? I think he's frozen, but he's not. I, I can't tell. Who? Something's wrong. Cole. With Cole. We'll just fucking keep talking. We can't fucking. <laughs> he's glitching in the matrix over there. But at at UCLA versus Oregon yeah. State. Versus Arizona at Washington State, uh, at Utah. I, I I don't know. I think if we're generous, they the, at best best case scenario they maybe beat Arizona, but I don't know if they. Arizona's not game. even bad. That's the thing is Arizona's not bad. Arizona was the first team to kind of expose USC. You know they got a decent offense. I don't know. I mean I I, I think Coach Prime. You know he came in kind of changed the culture, but they also didn't really play anybody good to begin with. I, I, I'm still going to stand by what I said earlier this year, though, because oh, I did say that whenever they were going to lose all these games – actually, shit, no, I might have been wrong because I said it's not going to be considered as, as big as a, of a fall-off because when you put it into context, it's year one and, like – and I, I did say the games that they were supposed to win, they'll probably win, but I guess Stanford w- w- was probably one of those games and – they didn't take yeah. care of business. I mean, it was the biggest blown lead in Pac-12 history. I'm pretty sure. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know if if anyone if there's gonna be too much talking about Colorado for the rest of the year. I think they're they've kind of come and gone. Yeah, I mean, I think they accomplished what they were set out to do. No, I mean, I mean, coming from last season, they had lost so many games, and the fact that they even got a couple of upsets, it's already a win for them. It was just to me. It was. It always seemed like a matter of time that the cookie would crumble, and we would see what the real Colorado would look like once they played good teams. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were only projected to win two and a half games, and I right. mean, you got four, four through what seven games? What they're four and three or something, or three and three, four and three? I mean, they outseeded everybody's expectations, but that's, I mean, yeah, that that still has to be considered a dub. Just, I mean, yeah, especially yeah. coming from one and eleven. Uh, I think we talked about it like week one where anything above like the four or five win range would be considered, you know, I guess a success in some ways, especially considered how 
considering how strong the Pac-12 is this year. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. I mean that that's that's a big no no. Like what they did against Stanford. Like I don't I don't know how you let it go like that badly. Yeah, it was Stanford' biggest comeback in their history. I think. Pretty sure. Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, the last time I remember a, kind of a thirty point comeback was UCLA against A and M like six or seven <laughs> years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> you remember that game, right? I was there. <laughs> oh, you were at the Rose Bowl for that game. Yeah, no, wait, oh, no, cool. no, wait, that was earlier in the season. Yeah, was, I think that uh, was 2016. No, yeah. No, it was, it was a home game, and uh, it was a game, but. That one was at the Rose Bowl, for sure. It was when Josh that. Rosen was there, no? Yeah, Chosen Rosen. Oh, really? Don't Shout let out Josh, Josh Rosen. Rosen. Dude, I saw yeah, him. Josh uh, Rosen, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. saw him, uh, UCLA-USC game at the Rose Bowl last year. He was just there walking around, and. And I went up to him and dude, the guy was just defeated. Everybody's chirping at him, telling he sucks and shit. And guys, like, I mean, what a bust. But he did beat your team, so I'm sorry about that. (laughs) Didn't you? Didn't you like recently go up to Josh Rosen and like try and give him some flowers? Dude, I went up to the guy because he's getting (laughs) shit. Everybody's trying to like take pictures with him, and he's like, "No, I'm not having it." Everybody's like, "You suck, Josh. You're a choke, you know." And I'm go up to him. I'm like, "Dude, you're a fucking legend. You have you made me a good amount of money." (laughs) <laughs> back in the day so i mean i mean it sucks dude but like look at sc's guys i mean like Leinert never planned out in the nfl so like fuck no. them fuck caleb williams and i'm just saying like dude he's a college legend the guy was a fucking stud you see he kind of changed the culture of ucla i mean i was gonna shout say out jim dude, Moore, the, shout out josh rosen the amount of college quarterbacks that are just absolute legends at their respected universities yeah. that end up just not panning out in the NFL. Like, that happens. That happens all the time. I think Every year. Money Manziel? Wait, was that, is that, was that? Yeah, just as cool was saying, <laughs> that was just like yeah. Johnny. Yeah. It's, it's tough, it's, man. It's, it's, it's a lot of people, though. Like, it's, I mean, it's the Johnnies. It's, uh. It's more often than not. Really good guys. Like RG3, I mean, he had a really good rookie season in the NFL. And then he just fell off after his injury. Um, yeah. You could say the same about, well, Cam Newton at least had like this, hit a one MVP season in the NFL. But, yeah. you know, after that, I mean, he's. Baker, I mean, Baker's still fine. I mean, he hasn't been a bust, oh, yeah, say, but, he's still, but he's still finding his footing, I would say, I mean, like. They're yeah. playing 500 ball. You know, they're not a terrible team. No, yeah. they're really not. He's doing his job. He's not really turning the ball over too much. So, I don't know. I like Baker Mayfield. It's because I'm a huge OU fan. You know, <laughs> Shut so. the fuck up, bro. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, such a, you're such a meat-riding bandwagon. Uh, I'm a Michael Penis Jr. meat-rider. <laughs> Oh, well, shit. What a fucking game Saturday, though. Yeah, I guess we can – I guess I wanted to talk about USC, but I guess, I mean, we could talk about Oregon-Washington first, too. I mean, fucking hell, dude. I I, I didn't – we didn't get to watch that game because it was at the same time that we were over at the TCU game, but I did go back and watch a fuck ton of the highlights. I watched, um, like, the extended ones where you watch, like, mo- you know, like most of the plays like, on every drive. And, uh, dude, I, I – I'm a firm believer. I don't think Oregon uh, – I mean, they didn't drop that much, did they? They only dropped, what, one spot? Well, they should have won that game. I mean, they yeah. made some questionable fourth 
excuse me, they made some questionable force uh, down calls. Well, yeah, they got stopped at the goal line twice. Well, unfortunately, I, 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 I was listening to Joel Klatt break it down, like the two crucial fourth downs, which was the one right before half was one, and then the other one towards the end of the game, I want to say. And he was making the case that the first one, uh, they probably should have just taken the points, like going into yeah. half. And his argument, half, exactly. his, his argument was, I mean, you, you don't get it. Now Washington goes into halftime with a little bit more energy because they, they just made a huge stop. Um, yeah. Your team goes into the locker room a little bit deflated that they came away with nothing on the drive. And, like, I get it. Like, Dan Lanning, he's an aggressive coach. Like, it's his, like, bread and butter to make those aggressive play calls. But at the same time, like, you, you want to play it smart. But he was making the case that the one towards the end of the game, he was like, go for it, like, by all means. like Because at that point, that fourth down, if they converted it, it's game. Like, Oregon yeah. probably wins the football yeah. game. But, um, yeah, I know, Emilio, I'm kind of curious to listen or to hear, uh, like, what you think. But I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, how Oregon, I mean, statistically in, in every measurable metric, like, they – you could yeah. make the argument that they were a better football team and could have won the game, and it just wasn't to be. But I'm, I'm kind of curious to, you know, hear what you have to say. For starters, I just want to give a shout-out to those unis they wore. They were amazing. Those fire. So, so clean. Dude, they were so clean. One of the best I've seen in a while. But um, talking about the game, dude, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't watch that whole game. I was kind of, like, switching back and forth between several games. But uh, – yeah, dude. Oregon, for, for the little bit that of game I, I watched, Oregon just looks so much better. The running back, this Irving guy, he had this run. He just runs hard. He He's, a stud. Run He's a in stud. Like, yeah. in, I, don't remember, I don't remember if it was the second or third quarter, that he just like runs into the, a pile of people and he just pushes everybody, the whole pile, and gets in the end zone. So, just a monster. But the yeah. guy I want to say that is, I don't know if he's very well known or anything, but dude, Romo Dunce, the receiver for Washington, bro, he just mossed twice. Uh, yeah. One of um, Oregon's um, corners, man. He's, is he, he's is he the one that caught the game winner? Yeah, he's the one that okay, caught yeah. the game winner. And earlier in the yeah. second or third quarter, I don't remember. He just had another like big catch, like 20, 25, 30 yard catch mm-hmm. in which he just absolutely mossed the guy. Like he's yeah. he's a beast, dude. Well, Michael Phoenix uh, was just feeding him all game. Michael Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that Oregon's offense played phenomenal. Um, but I just think maybe because it was in Washington, you know, they had yeah. home crowd. And then Penix and both, I mean, they are just two studs. That was a great game. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if, I mean, if Oregon wins out, that could be, you know, the potential Pac-12 championship because it's not yeah. like there's no front runner besides those two. That could, they, I think if they replay that game, I think Oregon wins. Is the, I was about to say is the Pac-12, yeah. the Pac-12 is, isn't – Separated into divisions no, this year. They got, is it? they got rid of it. They got rid of that. Okay. I li- Honestly, so, dude, I, I like that format better. Like I yeah no totally. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the divisional like conference no, no, no. like I, I I'm not a fan of that model. I mean, because in the Big Ten every year you always have like Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan in the same division, and then it's 
Yeah. Like Wisconsin or Iowa or whoever else coming out from, from the East or I, I think that's the one that the other one, yeah. but. And like, and like when UCLA and USC go to the Big Ten, they're going to be two of their better teams because they're going to that shit division, mm-hmm. you know? And it's kind of how it's been with the Pac-12 the past few years. It's like the Pac-12 South always is dog shit, but SC. <laughs> so it's like SC would get into the Pac-12 championship almost every year. And then the, the year that they didn't, it was because they were bowl ineligible and UCLA got killed in the Pac-12 championship. So it's like they got rid of that. And it's like I think that the Pac-12 North is a lot stronger. So you, you're going to see that game again because SC got exposed. I know, I know they don't have a conference loss yet, but they're probably going to maybe drop to Utah because Utah owns them. They're, they might drop to UCLA. They still have to pay – I think they play Oregon or Washington. Like, there's no way that SC – They play both of them. Yeah, so it's going to be Oregon and Washington again, you know, in six or seven weeks playing that game again in, in a neutral field. I think they play in Vegas. I think Oregon wins that game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is actually better this, coach, but... this is the this is the perfect segue because I, I I do want to talk about USC. I know Cole wants yeah. to talk about them too once he I guess reconnects and comes back. He's in the, the audience, he's watching. Comes it's, back, it's comes back from the Matrix. But <laughs> yeah, what you were saying, dude. USC, they still have to play Utah at Cal. That's their their one that they like should yeah. win. If they lose that, you may as well shut the program down. Then they play yeah. versus Washington at Oregon. Versus UCLA, and I think if you're being generous to them, I think in their best case scenario, they they still lose two of those. In their worst yeah, case, in their worst case, they lose four of those best five. In best yeah. case, they, they win, they lose one. I'd, I'd say. Ah, uh, yeah. Their their best case, yeah. they win. I'm sorry, they lose one. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Their their best case, they finish the season ten and two. I, I don't know. I don't see them beating Oregon on the road. But I, I don't. See yeah. That. Well, that's the thing is like, let's say they beat Washington at home and like they they pull that off, which I I don't know. Well, that that'll be a feature matchup that week for us to pick. But I don't know, dude. I like the thing is like Oregon. Oregon didn't look bad by any means. It, I think it was just well, a case of like they. Well, yeah, maybe. I Sorry, sorry to interrupt. I, w- I was just about to say, I will say they got exposed a couple of times in big plays. Like, oh, yeah. they had, like uh, Michael Penning's had a, a couple of, like, over 30-yard balls, bombs. Like, I was – I don't know if if I'm if I'm accurate with this number. At least two, and it could be up to four or five. Like, but besides that, I mean, it was an offensive game. But besides mm-hmm. that, Oregon look, did look – very good. Yeah, I, I think too that you can also attribute that to just I mean fucking Michael Penix is just for one it, it, he's just incredible. Like I think if you if you had a Heisman for the first half of the season it'd be his. And then the second thing is I really wasn't familiar with like all of their wide receivers game, dude. Like I wasn't really familiar with all the tools that they had at their uh, disposal up until like I watched the highlights and shit and. Uh, yeah, no, bro. Like they, like yeah, the Oregon got like clipped over the top a couple times, but those are those are legit wide receivers. Like you can make the case that they have one of the best like wide receiver cores in the country. Maybe not yeah. like talent yeah. composite wise, because there's you know schools that have better you know talent, but how they've played at least like those those wide receivers they were flying all over the field. Um, yeah. yeah, statistically, statistically, Oregon they they outgained they uh they outgained Washington five hundred forty one to four hundred and fifteen yards, and um, 
that was one of the things that I think I'd heard Greg McElroy on, on his show talk about was even before the game, he was like every metric points to Oregon winning the game just because they'll probably like have more yards than you and, and they'll play better statistically. But I, he just attributed it to, to Michael, Michael Payne is just having a, yeah. a crazy ass game. So yeah. And uh, just to talk more about him, even the pick that he threw in that game, it was not really his fault. Like if you watch the game, uh, no, he tripped. Yeah. No, yeah. That's good the receiver it. tripped. I think, Matter of fact, I think it was Odunse who tripped, but he made up for it with two TDs uh, later on. But yeah, he's he's really good. Yeah. Hey, Luis, I think your uh, I think your Cowboys are going to pull off this win right now. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like them to win. I don't know if you could say my yeah. Cowboys just because for one, I don't I'm kind of I don't watch the I'm NFL that it. much. Um, I'm watching in the corner. Sorry, just big game fantasy implications. Yeah, Herbert just took a big sack, so. Oh, man. Hopefully. Yeah, then Herbert just threw a pick with a minute oh, left. Oh, my gosh. I have him on my fantasy team, in two of my fantasy teams. Really? Yeah. Whatever. It happens. Um, shit, I guess this is a good opportunity to talk. And I know I know you probably don't want to talk about this, Emilio, but I, I also I wanted to talk a little bit about that Tennessee A and M game. No, I, I, I only I, I only watched I only watched like the short highlights. I didn't you know actually like watch the game through. Um, I only like saw stat lines and, and the final score, but I think it's worth like talking about it a little bit just because I also want to you know get your opinion on on Jimbo and his hot seat and how hot that's getting. But um. Yeah, That's man. You wanna do you wanna just unpack that for us? Since you're, I mean, you're you're probably the one who knows A and M the most out of anyone here. Yeah, no, I'll gladly do it. I've been, I mean, here's the thing, dude. Even though I love A and M and I love, um, you know, <laughs> saying all kinds of blessings. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Polite man. Of course. Uh, even though I love A and M and I would love to, and I love, you know, talking about about all the good things. It has going for it, man. I also love talking about all the things that are bad uh, about it, uh, and I'll be the first one to, to talk about it. I mean, here's the thing, dude. It's coaching. That's a problem. Like, I cannot believe. I mean, I was at the Bama game. I was at the Bama game uh, a couple weekends ago, uh, or last weekend actually. And dude, we were looking so good at half. We were winning. We were controlling that game. We weren't letting Bama do anything. We were containing. Uh, what's this guy's? The Bama's quarterback who actually played Milbro? a really good. Time. Yeah, Milbro. We contained him and, and his run game because he's kind of like a scrambler. But dude, we were doing so good. Our front seven. We got arguably the best front seven in the country. Like, dude, we are just stacked with talent. Like, Edrin Cooper, monster even though he got injured um, this past game against Tennessee. Uh, the boat of the Shamars, amazing. They're just dogs. I'm going to do it like the like the meal. Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> just dogs. <laughs> then, Karen um, Jork, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like we, we got so much talent, that, but it's just our secondary that keeps, you know, failing us and obviously our offense but I think it's definitely the play calling now excuse me about I mean about venting out for maybe a little too long about past games but no, you're, about polite, you're a polite kid 
No, get it, it, get it, get it out, dude. Like, yeah, fucking get it out. This is a safe space. We talk. When we're frustrated. <laughs> when we're frustrated with our teams, we talk shit about oh, it. Like, oh, back. You're right in time. He went to Best Buy and bought a new laptop. No, he's yeah. frozen again. He's frozen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, he's frozen again. <laughs> With a smile on his face too. Someone drop a penis on his face, bro. <laughs> oh my Can we draw on this? Hold on. Can you draw on this thing? No, 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 no. I was just saying. Oh. Like, <laughs> all right. Well, keep anyway, anyways, hold on, Emilio. Keep, keep going. I wanna, I wanna unpack okay. a little bit more of your thoughts. I mean, dude. Here's the thing. Um, we can make all kinds of excuses about what happened. Yeah, Max Johnson's playing, but tell, I'm telling you what, dude. Max Johnson is not the issue. Like, yes, he's not Connor Wickman. Uh, Connor Wickman is definitely the guy. Like, he's just an absolute stud. If you look at the the stats of the games he played, I mean, he for for three weeks straight, I think he had the highest QBR rating in the country. But granted, he wasn't playing like amazing teams. But still, he was just a beast. Okay, he's, he, he, he just drops off again. Poor, poor guy. But uh, um, Connor Wigman is the guy, and Max Johnson is. I don't. But even though Connor Wigman's the guy, Max Johnson is not the guy to blame. If you look at our games, I think it's the offensive line that is not giving him enough time to settle in the pocket and make, like, uh, a good throw. The few times that uh, the line did give him time, he could find one of our playmakers, which of those we have a lot of them. But uh, so here's the thing, man. We started off good. And all three games, like Tennessee, uh, Miami, and Bama, all three games that we lost, we were up at half. We were up at half. Mm -hmm. So what the hell happened at halftime, dude? What the hell did Jimbo fucking Jimbo! Yeah. That made us just go back out there and just crap the bed. Like, I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? We look so good every single half, every first half of every game. We're, you know, dominating the game, and then we just, like, fall off. I mean... And with Tennessee, it's the same thing, dude. We just start playing too conservatively. We're not being creative enough on offense. Like, if you know they're going to pressure Max, that's what they're going to do. They're going to blitz him. Dude, throw, throw like, a, a screen pass to Anaya Smith, who is, like, one of our biggest playmakers. I know somebody in the podcast was praising him in one of the past oh, weeks. I think it was Brayden. Uh, Brayden. Brayden. Yeah, Brayden. Yeah, yeah, Brayden. Well, he was right. He's honestly – she's just a monster, Anaya Smith. But we never did that. Like – and that's like Bobby Petrino's fault. Well, he was brought here to fix the, to fix that, right? To fix the offensive play calling, but it's just not working. I mean, DJ is doing his side of the uh, is doing a perfect job, well, a very good job defensively, calling the the plays. Our defensive coordinator, who we brought uh, from Ole Miss, he's doing a phenomenal job uh, with our defense. But it's just our offense, man. We just can't. Dude, we, we just can't protect our quarterback and cannot get the ball to our playmakers. I mean, and Tennessee's a good team. They're they they they're not a bad. They're ranked, team. right? Yeah, they uh, were ranked. They're number seventeen now, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think they were ranked either nineteen or twenty-one. Yeah, like when we played them, something like that. Um, but we should have beaten them, man. Even if and even if it was at in Knoxville, like we should have beaten them. That's a team that. Frankly, I think we have all the tools to beat. And whenever you have all the tools to beat a team, 
and talent wise and on paper they're an inferior team to AM, like just honestly and very objectively speaking. And you don't win those games, that just means that it's the coaching that is at fault. It's not it's the people upstairs, it's not the it's not the players, you know? Yeah. So I mean, uh yeah, disappointing is this probably gonna be this a disappointing season. And what this translates to in terms of what happens to Jimbo, dude, I think he's out. Like the big, big, big money Aggies when stuff are just in flames, they're just furious and yeah, we're already looking for replacements. Yeah. I've heard voices. Uh, I mean, maybe bringing Urban Meyer back, that's a reach, but I'd love to have him. Uh, um, we've also uh, considered, what's this guy's name? Uh, Dan Lanning. It's, that's Oregon's. Dan uh, Lanning from Oregon? Yeah, you think, yeah, think a and is going to try and poach him? Well, that's what I've been hearing from some people. And... Our other option is the one I told you. It's OU's coach. Uh, what's his name? I blank. I just. Venables? Um, no. Um, man, oh. former OU coach. Stoops? Uh, no, 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 no. Luis, help me out here. I told you. Is it? Are you talking about like a coordinator, like former head coach? No. Yeah, head coach. Ah, uh, man. No. <laughs> Damn it. It'll, it'll come back to me. There's, but. there's, uh, I mean, there's, there's Levy. Um, no, Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley, my bad. I'm getting it from SC. No way. Yeah, I know. That's, and, and I don't even think he'd be a good fit because he's just, you know, I mean, Cole knows this better than anybody. Like, he's a very offensive minded coach. I wish Cole was on here for this one. Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley, and uh, I, I can, I'm sure Cole would be fine me saying this for him but i i don't think lincoln riley would take that job even for all the money in the world because lincoln riley is scared of being in that type of situation where he has to go where he has to go where he has to go over to the sec and sure he'd probably be able to give texas a&m a pretty explosive offense especially if he were equipped with someone like uh, like wigman um, yeah. But the thing is, dude, and, and we've seen this for years now, and Colt, we, we unpacked this last week, the week before, like a couple times now, how Lincoln Riley is so one-dimensional when it comes to like yeah. his teams. Like he, he relies on having Baker and Kyler and Caleb Williams, and uh, Just he, he refuses to evolve. He refuses to move on from Alex Grinch. Which is, I mean, after after uh, I don't know what the ranking is after this weekend, but after the the Colorado game, they went from being the 98th ranked defense to like 109. So there's only yeah. like there's only like 10 teams in the country that have worse defenses than USC, and um, mm-hmm. I mean, it actually wasn't so much the case this last weekend because they actually held Oregon or not Oregon Notre Dame. I want to see like I want to say like 250 yards. Like if anything, it was a bad it was a bad day for USC offensive wise. Like they they continued to turn the ball over and they gave Notre Dame a short field. Like of course they're going to score. But anyways, going back yeah. to Lincoln Riley and like the potential of him coaching at A and M, I, I I think if anything, I mean I've seen people say like he he might be ready to bounce and go to the NFL like sooner rather yeah. than later. I know a couple of weeks ago I, I said that yeah. I didn't think it was going to happen very soon, but 
the way that you at that SC is headed, if if it goes downhill quick, I could easily see him just taking that big money job in the NFL. But I think A and M. I don't know how long Dane Lanning has been at, at Oregon. Maybe Chase could answer it's that. Second year, I think. Okay. Then because uh, last year their court their old coach went to the U. I think. Hmm. Yeah. Not that it matters. Yeah, I, I don't know, dude. It's it'll be interesting to see who like A and M ends up trying to target and poach. Um, just just to finish up though, I think the offer that I heard it was that if we bring in Lincoln Riley, it would have to be with another defensive coordinator. Obviously, not Grinch. I mean, we ideally no in the ideal world we would keep DJ, who's done an amazing job since we got him last in January. But you know, uh, yeah, we'll I, I think. I think A and M is is probably in a position, and um, I said this a couple of weeks ago. And maybe Texas and Sark end up working out. It seems like it's working out this year, at least in the long term. We'll see. But I think A and M is also in a position, a similar position, where if you were to give them a very elite head coach, they'd be able to do just fine, and they'd be able to take off um, just because there there's no shortage of talent, there's no shortage of resources. The only yeah. thing, the only thing is like whether or not you believe that that's going to, you know, take a little bit of a bump with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC now cuz that's just, you know, more and more competition, but looks like uh maybe we have maybe we have the Can you hear me now? Yeah, yes. Welcome back. All right. Oh, and he's not freezing. There you go. Never mind. Oh, oh Jesus, I'm good. Oh. Get your bands up and get a better router, dirt bro. <laughs> bro, he's it's just frozen on his ass. Did it freeze on me again? No, you're I can hear you guys. Ah, I can hear you guys perfectly fine now. He heard us uh, talking about Lincoln Riley and decided. Well, to hey, yeah, Cole, this is the perfect time. Hear your opinion about it. Cole, this yeah. is the perfect time for you to jump back into this conversation. So we were just uh, unpacking a little bit of the Tennessee A and M game. Talked a little bit about Jimbo, his hot seat. Emilio believes, and I, I think a lot of people probably believe this that. The way things are going, this will probably end up just being Jimbo's last year at AM. Um, apparently they're you know, they're thinking of maybe poaching someone like Dane Lanning. Urban Meyer obviously is a big reach there. But um apparently Lincoln Riley, we're talking about Lincoln Riley right now as a potential coach at at AM. But the the thing that I just said was I don't think that Lincoln Riley would take it just because I think he's scared of competition. And I think had USC announced their move to the Big Ten maybe a little bit earlier, maybe he would have been a little bit more hesitant to mm-hmm. take that job just because I don't think he's the type of guy that wants to find himself in a position where he has to you know, be facing these bigger teams like the Ohio States, Michigans, Penn States. In the SEC, it would be you know the Bamas, Georgias, Tennessees, et cetera. And OU in Texas next year. And OU in Texas. I mean, that, that that's just not a position I, I think Lincoln Riley wants to be in. But I'm kind of curious, Cole, what are your thoughts on the whole Jimbo situation, Texas A&M trying to hire a new coach, Lincoln Riley maybe being one of them? All right. So there's a lot to unpack there. First of all, I apologize because I've had Welcome some back. technical issues over here on my end. Not on purpose. I apologize mainly to Emilio. I apologize <laughs> to you, buddy. Um, first of all, you said Dan Lanning. You might try to poach Dan Lanning. Why would Why would he leave? No, it's such not, a good. I mean, he's in a great position right now with Oregon. I don't. Yeah, I don't I see think, him leaving to go to A and M. 
No, I don't either, to be honest. But it's just names that have been thrown out there by people I've talked to. I but, also don't see Urban Meyer. No. I, I, Urban's too busy at the but, at the bars with underage. With well, younger my thing with Urban... Okay, that's funny. But my thing with Urban Meyer is... If, if he's going to come back to coach... And I'm sorry if this offends you, but Bro, he's gonna come back and he's gonna real. he's gonna coach a premier program. Yeah, we and, we're and the most underperforming program right now for sure. Yeah, there and there's not. I mean, could he probably turn them around? Yeah, but I don't I think, think that he wants to like. Make sense. I just don't see Urban Meyer being like. Oh my God! Yeah, like I want to go coaching College Station. Yeah, I just don't see that. I mean, he's won a national championship with with Florida. He's won a national championship with Ohio State. I just I don't know. Call me crazy. I just don't see him going. He's also. I I feel like he's also. He obviously coached at Florida, but I feel like his heart is in Ohio State. And I just I just don't see him coaching anywhere else. I feel like it's kind of like Bob Stoops. Like Bob Stoops, if he yep. goes and coaches anywhere, it's going to be Oklahoma. Like he's not going to take a job anywhere else. That's kind of how I feel about Urban Meyer. I don't I don't think he's going to take a job anywhere else. I think he's happy. I mean, the last time he coached was with Jacksonville. We saw how that turned out. And the reason he left Ohio State was because of the stress. I mean, like the guy was literally borderline dying on the on the sideline yeah. week after week though, just to build up of that yes it, he's just he's like that though if you watch the documentary on the that thing's on netflix now swamp about kings. Florida, yeah about yeah swamp kings uh he's kind of the same but he just stresses over a lot but he puts that stress into the players he just like just like he has this like military approach to like football, and I think that's kind of what, dude. Honestly, A and M needs to a degree, but again, yeah, I I I get all every every single thing you've said, but that's kind of how he was brought into to Florida in the first place. I mean, Florida was in a pretty bad spot right before he got to 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 Florida, and I mean, he just turned them around in a couple seasons, but. We'll see. I don't think it's gonna happen either. Yeah, but that's but how I, coaches like that's how coaches like him rise to success. They start small true. and then they go to a program in need of help like Florida and he turns them around and then he takes an even bigger job at Ohio State, leads them mm-hmm. to a national championship, and then he's out. I don't yeah. I just don't see him going back like I again I hate saying this, but like it'd be a step back for him. And I I just yeah. don't see him taking a step back and starting back at that, like, if, dude, if there's going to be any program that's going to be stressful on him, on a guy that already has a history of, like, issues with Sexual dealing assault. with stress. On, oh, my gosh, Chase. <laughs> but a, a guy that has issues dealing with stress on the sideline, I just don't see a being that place for him. Yeah, now, Lincoln okay. Riley, dude, fucking take him. It, it, but you don't want him. I promise you, you don't want Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I, I, I was about to say, I hinted earlier, Cole might know a lot about this, but... I promise you, yeah. you can fucking have him, but your yeah. program's not going to get better with him. I don't love him either, especially because I mean, of the relationship with Grinch, as Luis pointed it's out. It's quite literally just going to be 
Kevin Sumlin 2.0, but with probably an even higher powered offense. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's what that's what Lincoln Riley is going to give you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Let's, that uh, I think oh, that sorry, if, if Texas A and M should try to poach anybody, the number one person on your list absolutely positively needs to be Mike Elko. That's I was going to say guy. Elko. That's your guy. Yeah. Who's that? Who's that? Dude. Mike Elko. Duke's head coach. Curious. Duke. Looked, I mean, yeah, they look better. I didn't know his name. I mean, he, Duke was irrelevant five years ago, and I mean, they've had yeah. a couple of pretty good seasons in the past, yeah, four years or so. I mean, look at them right now. I mean, they're going to play Notre Dame, which they play – no, 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 not Notre Dame. They're going to play – who are they playing this week? Maybe Miami. They're playing a big they time. They play uh, FSU, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. FSU? Play, yeah, they play at Florida State. Okay, yeah. I don't think they're going to win that game. But if they do, I mean, oh my gosh, that that'd be crazy. Well, the thing the thing with Duke is and Elko is Elko's done a really good job in this new era of roster building. I think he did a really good job this offseason with Duke, and you've seen what they did to Clemson, and you've seen the the start that they're at. I think what are they ranked now? They're they're ranked number sixteen. Like that Duke, I don't think has has been known to be a top twenty team usually in the last. 10 years or so, maybe even more. Um, I'd have to look more into like their, I don't know, like their recent history, but I think he's done a good job. Uh, is he a, is he an ex Texas A&M guy? He wasn't, he there for a little bit. Elko as like a defensive coordinator or something, or am I tripping? Um, I think you actually might be right. But the other name, the other name that you should look at is, is Lance Leopold. That's the other name you should maybe look at. Yeah. What about Lane Kiffin? Um, <laughs> Jesus. Is he, is he still at uh, that Florida school? Ole Miss. Is, he, is that no, Ole, Ole Miss? Lane Kiffin. Oh, okay. You're thinking of uh, what's his name? Um, no, I was thinking. Of, I was thinking of uh, Kiffin. He was at FAU. Um, oh yeah. No, yeah. You're right, Chase. You're right, Chase. <laughs> that was him. Well, we've been talking about A and M for quite a, what, like thirty yeah, minutes let's now. Move on. <laughs> um, Hey Emilio, honestly, I hope your program turns it around. You know, I'm a yeah man. I, I like, I, you know, as much as I love my Sooners, I, I also will root for your Aggies. Oh, shut <laughs> but, the fuck up! We gotta, we gotta talk about the fraudulent team in the country, which yeah, is we need to, we need to revisit that a little bit. Southern oh. California Trojans. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm yeah, very uh, happy that I was able to get back on here. They got. We, we couldn't could start talking about USC. We know. Um, I mean, Caleb. I, I honestly, I was watching so. I don't know if you know this, uh, Emilio. There's a there's a there's a guy in in uh, Westwood who's a you know true freshman for my Bruins, and I I thought Caleb was playing like Dante Moore on Saturday with yeah. three interceptions, and you know I'm like, dude, I he's, he just his line didn't help him out. Uh, but I mean, you're the you're this runner up Heisman. I mean, you're Heisman last year, best player in the country. You you didn't look good, and honestly, SC's defense is usually the bad part. Their defense really didn't play that bad. No, they didn't. Hold on, hold on though. Hold on though, because okay, because the defense never had an opportunity to play bad. Yeah, because every every other every other down. Yeah, every other down. Yeah, they were they were setting up in the red zone. Yeah. So the reason they didn't get off give off like a yeah the reason they didn't give up a ton of yards was because every time Notre Dame had the ball they were starting on their side of the field. Yeah, but the one thing you you. 
uh, obviously I think USC has a trash defense. Like that's that's I'm not arguing anything against that. But uh, uh, Joel Klatt made a good point that in the drives where they weren't turning the ball over in their own territory, Notre Dame only scored off of like those drives a kick return, and that was pretty much it. Like on the other drives, yeah. they held Notre Dame to 250 total yards. Like they played okay. But it was just the complete opposite, like of what you would have expected that how they would have lost. Like you, you would have thought that USC would have actually been able to put up some points, and instead, um, they just got fucking slapped in the face when they were playing offense. Like one, this this is crazy to me too. I think people are starting to figure out that if you just bum rush their O line, Caleb's gonna have a tough game. And I, I was looking at these stats and. They were, again, they were pointed out, I hate to, like, be relying on Joel Klatt and, like, whatever he has to say, but he brought up a good point that over the last four weeks, Caleb Williams has been pressured 58 times. That's the most out of, like, any other quarterback in the country right now. And in the last two weeks, it was either 10 or 11. He's been sacked 10 or 11 times in the last two weeks. And what have we seen the last two weeks? We've seen USC struggle, especially especially on offense. Like, yeah, Caleb Williams – is capable of carrying you down the field and scoring points just because he's one of the best players in the country. I think a couple of weeks ago we said he was the best player in the country. I think maybe now it's just time to, you know, give that crown to Michael Payne. Mm-hmm. But no, um, he still is. He still is. He, he's one hundred percent still is. He's still Dude, they're good, just a one. They're just a one-dimensional team. Yeah. He he. Their their entire team revolves around Caleb Williams, and their offensive line was. I mean, sure, like their defense played relatively okay. They played probably how, you know, uh, an average Power 5 school should play um, against a a decent Notre Dame offense. Like, let's not kid ourselves. Notre Dame's offense isn't, like, otherworldly. They're not elite. Um, but USC is so one-dimensional. And you see what happens when you neutralize that one dimension. Luis, you mentioned it. Their offensive line, that was the most glaring thing that I saw on the field. That was where they were exposed, was their offensive line is is extremely subpar. Mm. And I guarantee you that Lincoln Riley is missing Bill Biedenbaugh so much right now, more than anything. Yeah. I think uh, we talked about it earlier while you were um, having technical difficulties, but we – they're, that schedule's tough, man. That the, what they have remaining, what they have ahead of them. I think in other years that they'd, they'd be a little bit, you know, luckier when these teams are having down years. But I mean, versus Utah, you could probably drop that at Cal. That's the one game that you probably should win without a doubt. Then you got Washington at Oregon, UCLA. All those teams can beat you, especially. I mean, UCLA, they literally might just rush eleven at, at Caleb, bro. <laughs> not not really, but but dude. UCLA's offense is going to score for SC because Dante Moore will throw three pick sixes in the first fucking half. So let's let's not game. kid ourselves here. Let's not kid ourselves here because you can make the argument that those four teams, Utah, Washington, Oregon, and UCLA, all have better defenses than Notre Dame. You can make that mm-hmm. argument. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel uh I feel a little bit bad for for Carter. I know that we're hoping to get him on, but you know, Carter. I think they were at the game too. Yeah, yeah. Carter, well, Carter was so was Tanner. 
Trucking. Oh, shout out the Williams boys. I yeah. love you. I was texting Whoa. Carter. He he sent me a text like midway through the first quarter, and he was like, I didn't even say anything to him. I showed it to Luis, but he sent me a text, and he was like, I don't want to hear anything from you. <laughs> I didn't even say anything to I mean, him. Dude, it, it, it sucks. <laughs> I was like, like, yo, I didn't even say anything to begin with, bro. I mean, we, we kind of knew that SC was a little fraudulent going into this game. I mean, when they came back from a 19-point deficit last week and, you know, they barely beat, what was it, Arizona State the week before. You know, every game they've played, they've been, at least besides this last one, they were favored by more than three touchdowns. And I think, I think, I think covered, any yeah anyone who has been watching two. USC the last three, four weeks knew mm-hmm. something like this was coming when they would finally come up against a – even decent team and Notre Dame we'll see how they finish their season Uh, I I don't think they're in that like super S tier caliber where like the Michigan's Ohio State's Georgia's are but they're still a good team right and and we kind of expected this the first time USC was going to play one of these it was going to turn out that way we just didn't think that the the offense was going to play as bad as it did like and Caleb would have a a game as poorly as he did but Special teams was awful. Yeah, yeah. They might not finish. They might not finish the season ranked in like the top twenty or even twenty five mm-hmm. if things go south quick. No. Mm-hmm. Well, here here's what I kind of realized um, over the weekend, and it hurts me to say this, but like, man, I looking back at it, like this team is so familiar. It is nearly identical. To what Oklahoma was under Lincoln Riley, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, the one difference is Lincoln Riley no longer has arguably the best offensive line coach in college football, and you're seeing that with their offense. Is sure they have the best quarterback in college football, and they've got playmakers on the outside, and Lincoln Riley is probably the best offensive play caller play caller in the world. Um, and he utilizes running backs in a way that makes average running backs look elite. And they don't have an offensive line. And you're, you're, you're seeing Caleb Williams like just having to run for his life every other down. Mm-hmm. They're one-dimensional. You, you can't win football games like that. No. And yep. looking back at it, I'm like, Jesus, like this is – I, I've been watching this for the past four or five years with yeah. Oklahoma, and I'm I feel stupid for like for not even realizing it really. Well, it's because well, I mean so. you're, you're supporting your own team, and like to if we're being fair, the thing with Oklahoma in those years was that their offense was that good, and like yeah, you knew that the defense was in bad shape, but the thing with Oklahoma was they were still winning Big Twelve titles and they were still going to the playoff every year, so you could kind of put it on the back burner. Like that whole conversation about the defense and and you know just Lincoln Riley not not having a good defense, but um, well now it's once again games are won and lost on the line of scrimmage, and Oklahoma consistently had one of the best offensive lines. I mean they still do. Oklahoma has always had one of the best offensive lines in college football, and Lincoln Riley doesn't have an offensive line coach that's worth ten fucking cents anymore. Yep. Well, we'll ship they're boys. frauds. Yeah, They're frauds. Unfortunately, the Southern California Trojans finally got exposed. But, um, anyways, do we want to? Tells me they're going to continue to get exposed. Yeah, Cole. Do we want to recap really quick our uh, weekend at this TCU game, and then maybe dive into a little bit of Bozo Tracker <laughs> and and week seven pick or week eight picks? I'm down. Let's do it. 
Sweet. Yeah. So I guess just to establish a little bit of context for you guys, Mila and Chase, we went to the uh, uh, BYU, the TCU BYU game over in Fort Worth um, for homecoming. Had a great weekend. Got to celebrate the, my my good mayonnaise friend here uh, for his birthday. Um, I want to just talk very briefly about it Jesus. because obviously, like we we haven't been too good this year, but I think TCU may have. A new starting quarterback, bro. I don't know what you saw, Cole, but I, I think if if Josh Hoover puts another performance like that next week, we uh, we might be seeing a situation where where Chandler Morris might be moving out of TCU and hitting the portal potentially. Yeah, I don't. I agree. I think that if if Josh Hoover like comes out and plays like that again, then it'll be tough to sit him back down because. But the other thing that I keep on going back to is like, man, BYU just – they look really bad, dude. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if it's just a bit – and that's it's the, the Big other 12. Thing. The Big like, 12 is, is awful this year. The Big 12 is so unpredictable. Like you don't I, – I know two teams for certain. I know Texas is, is, is good and I know Oklahoma is good. But everyone else, I mean like you're seeing teams lose – and then turn around and beat the team that they lost to, or like like Houston, Houston, West Virginia, TCU, TCU lost to West Virginia. They beat Houston, and then Houston turned around and just throttled West Virginia. So like it, it's the Big so Twelve is so unpredictable. What you're saying is is that A and is going to be the best team in the Big Twelve once Oklahoma and Texas leave. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> A and M, A and M is in the SEC, dog. The the other Texas A and M. Texas Tech. Texas <laughs> I'm just Tech kidding. Texas Tech. What is Chase uh, talking yeah. about right now? Bro, I don't. Uh, maybe maybe the Michelob Ultra. Maybe the Michelob Ultra hit me on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, edit, edit edit that out. was in the SEC. We're just talking. I was okay. Honestly, Emilio was quiet. I was trying to get a little spark out of him and give him a little. Little little chuckle, but yeah, you know what I meant. Fuck them. I will. Uh, and I'm gonna beat beat the Sooners. Yeah, I will say. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I said this the other week. I think this is like the worst <laughs> year for realignment to, I guess, start you know taking effect. Just because if it would have been the other two years before that, it 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 would have been a better look for the Big Twelve because neither Texas or Oklahoma has appeared in the last two Big Twelve title games, and the two the four teams that appeared in those all went on to win their. Actually, no. K-State didn't win their New Year's Six, but they all went to New Year's Sixes, put in good performances for the most part. And, um, yeah, well, it, it's just poor poor timing for the Big 12 in general, just for everyone to be shit, and then the two teams that are leaving to be, you know, finally be good again. But I'm excited for what the conference, like, will look like going forward with Utah coming in, Colorado, depending on what they're looking like. Um, it'll be cool because it's not a conference that I don't, I don't think one team is just going to be running it like that period of time where OU was running it for like five, six years straight. I think you'll have, you know, K-State, TCU, Utah, each win like a conference title every now and then. But anyways, we don't we don't have to talk too much about that because I know we've covered it. But should we uh, go into a little bit of Bozo Tracker action? I yeah, I want to see, I wanna see my that, picks. Uh, I should get a point for a Bozo with the A&M SE, or uh, Big 12. That's bad. Sorry. But Jesus I got Emilio giving to... himself bozo points. No, man. I get, I got Emilio to smile, and I was uh, making that's, making. That's all that matters. That's completely fine by me, buddy. 
Well, we gotta acknowledge the fact that um, the birthday boy was six and zero. Dude, you went six and zero, cool. He went six and zero. Oh wow! I gotta give him some credit, and I know your screen's not loading. Oh, there we go. Yep. There we go. Six and no bozo points. Six and for six the for the birthday man. boy. So free mayonnaise for everybody all around. Um, free mayonnaise. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I, I'd say we're we're still doing good as hosts. I mean, Chase had a three of six week after going five or five of six. I think you went last week. I went six and six, and then five and one. So this was my shittiest week. Yeah, I mean, we're we're doing all right. Um, we're accumulating those points. You'll you'll see in a little bit why I think we're doing okay. Just when we compare ourselves to our guests, but. Um, yeah, I think for the most part, a lot of people, I don't, yeah, going back to the, the actual picks, Cole and Braden, Braden also had a good week. I, I believe he went five of six. The only game he missed was A&M. Yeah. And then, oh my gosh, we have to make a note of this. Parker, Parker Williams, rest in peace. <laughs> rest in peace. Rest in peace to my boy. Oh man. I, I know you're listening, Parker. I'm, I'm so sorry, bro, but. This was just god awful, bro. Like for Braden, Braden's out of the doghouse now, as far as I'm concerned, because he had a good week, went five or six, immediately turned around, and then Parker, Jesus Christ, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta call him out for that. Shit. <laughs> oh God, we, we gotta call his ass oh, for that man. because Braden was in the lead on the guest tracker, and Jesus, Parker just overtook him in one week. See, like. If I didn't miss a couple episodes, I think that Parker would have the most bozo points. To be honest, probably. If what? If I wasn't absent for the first like three out of the four episodes, uh, yeah, Parker, you kind of suck. Honestly, at I might even give him another. I might even give him another bozo point because I did text him even earlier today, and I was like, "Hey, like, do you want to come on and be a guest on this episode?" And I didn't even get a reply from him, and then. He went into hammering Hunter and started texting me about his bets and shit again. So, he, he's Parker. He probably got hit by another car and is just not really there right now. Yeah, rest rest in he's peace. Bird. Rest in peace to my boy Parker. Hunter had a decent week, you, five and six. He also gave me finally Smith Ranches is goaded as finally fuck, boy. <laughs> finally got me my Smith Ranches hat. So, shout out to Hunter. But um. Yeah. What do you like in uh, for this week's action? Luis? What'd you say? What's uh, what are the picks for this week? Yeah. So uh, this week we've actually got some some. Uh, I mean, I feel like we've had like good matchups every week. But yeah, great. Let me great, great let me game. let me pull those up. We've got some good games, and I'm excited to hear everyone's picks. But the first game that we got featured, number seven. This about this is a good game, bro. We got number seven Penn State at number three Ohio State. Oh, that's a good game. Game of the week. Where's right there, the game right? at? It's at Ohio yeah. State. I said it earlier this year. I'll say it again. Ohio State 2024 champions. I already said it. I said it at the beginning of the year. They're gonna win it all. The host with the most with the most bolster points has spoken. You said you said Ohio State. That's right, baby. <laughs> that's right. Ohio State. We'll win it all. Hey, you might be right. They are going to win it. They're going to win to this next week in dominant fashion. I see my boy uh, Harrison going for two tubs. Um, yeah, that's no. it. 
That's all I gotta say. Do you think? Do you think the Big Twelve, the Big? I think the Big Ten might be able to get in two teams this year, depending on if Florida State loses one game. Oh, because Michigan looks great too, bro. They can't. How? Because Michigan, Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State are all in the same division. Yeah. Yeah, but. They, bro, they they can't, what and happens, they all play. What each happens? Other. What happens when whoever loses that game, they don't go to the Big Ten well, championship. But if FSU falls well, off, if the Pac-12 champion, if they, dude, that, that's the thing about that's a lot. That's, that's a lot. Yeah, but that's, that's the thing happen. about the Pac-12 is there. It very well has the ability to cannibalize itself. Yeah, but the Pac-12 doesn't have divisions anymore. I don't know, man. The Big Ten got two teams in last year. So. Uh, is Ohio State playing Michigan at some point, or they, they play every year? Yes. Oh, they do. Okay. Every so year. Yeah. If if Penn State wins this game, and yeah. then and then oh, and uh, and Ohio State beats Michigan, then they yeah. will all be at one loss. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they could they could play in the in the Big Ten championship, and depending on how the game goes, there's a scenario in which it could happen. Two teams from the Big Ten, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. If, I think it's hot. I just think it's unlikely. Is I think is what it, I'm I, okay. I, I'll say this much. I, I want to clarify something. I think it's unlikely that this year any conference gets in two teams, but I think if one yeah. were to get in two teams, the most likely is the Big Ten. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, definitely not is two teams. you're you're gonna have Georgia's gonna be in there, and then you're gonna probably get Ohio State or Michigan. Then you also got to think about whoever wins the Pac-12 championship might be in there, and then you can't count out Florida State, my Sooner, and the Sooners, and, and Oklahoma, and my Sooner. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's true. So here, when, here's when, here's my take. I I think that if you end up having five undefeated teams at the end of the year, you have twelve and zero Big Twelve champs, Oklahoma. You have either Wash okay, yeah, it would have to be Washington now. Twelve and 0 Pac twelve champ Washington. And then one of those three teams, either Penn State, Michigan, or Ohio State, undefeated Big Ten champs, and then Georgia undefeated SEC, and Florida State SEC or ACC undefeated. Who yeah. is the team that's left out? I don't know. I think it might be Florida State. Uh the Bruins. <laughs> And A and M too. I think right. it might be Florida State in that in that scenario because they I think that they would end up having the weakest schedule. Yeah, you gotta think about Colorado too. I mean with Prime, like they <laughs> they might get the nod. So all right, let's, Emilio, let's get back to this pick. All right, yeah, yeah, so, so it looks like Chase, you're going you went Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I, I can go second. Um that is a fucking tough matchup. I think both Dude, three teams in the Big Ten are, are so strong. I'm going to go Ohio State as well. I like the Buckeyes. I like what they've done recently. They've kind of flown over under the radar for me at least just because I haven't been watching them too much. But, um, yeah, I like them. I like them to win at home and beat Penn State. Sorry, Ryan Williams, because I know uh, he's a big Penn Stater and might listen to this, so I apologize. Emilio, what do you think? I mean, I've been watching quite a few games from – and say, well, not games. That's a lie. I've watched highlights, and I've like tuned in for a couple times to some of their games. Um, I haven't really watched Ohio State, and to be honest, I think the reason why I'm picking Ohio State, like Luis and Chase, is because one, they're playing at home, and then two, 
Penn State has not really played anybody uh, mm. that, that great, honestly. Really? So I'm going Ohio State. And, I mean, they played Notre Dame. And, yeah, that was a close game. Very close game. Could have gone either way. But, hey, they pulled it off. And the, in the I don't know if it was the last drive or anything, but they last came second. back. Yeah, last, last second. second. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was like a crazy uh, mm-hmm. turnaround, turn of events. So I'm going to go the more tested team playing at home, Ohio State. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> What about you, Mr. Bull? Give me Penn State. Fuck off. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he is coming. Jesus Christ. I am coming. Wow. That's bold, man, but respect. Yeah. You know, you went six and zero last week, so I don't I don't question I don't question you this week. I don't even know if that is that bold though. I mean Penn State is number seven now. Yeah, Penn State bro, Penn State is fucking good. I don't know why everyone's like, yeah, no, no like, it's State, the same as like Oregon Washington think- last week. Like, it's just two teams that are fucking good going at yeah. it. It's big boy football. Like, you're going to see big boy football again. Right. Yeah. What's the next one? Next matchup. Next matchup. Um, we've got number 13, Ole Miss, Lane Kiff- the Lane Kiffins at Auburn. Oh, that's easy. That's that might be the easiest one on, on the slate. So, that's why I wanted yeah. to get that one out of the way first or second. Do you think so? You think that's the easiest one? I think there's a well, shit. I don't know. Actually, we'll we'll get to it. But I'm gonna. I'll just pick this one first. I'm 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 rolling with the lane train. I think that's a. It's a. It might be a trap game for Ole Miss. I think it's Ole Miss is one of those teams where they're just outside of being you know in that category of really good. But um, they are playing at Auburn. That is a tricky place to play, even if Auburn isn't you know ranked or anything right now. But I I like Ole Miss. I like Lane Kiffin. Um, is I'm assuming Jackson Dart is still healthy, right? I think he's good. I think he's playing. Yeah, uh, give me uh, give me the rules. So I don't know if I'm next, but I'm gonna go. Uh, Ole Miss, one possession win last week, one possession win the week before, after a loss to Bama. Um, so I don't know. I mean, Auburn's lost three in a row, but they are at home, and it is a conference game. Give me Auburn by three. Holy shit. Give me Auburn. Oh, my God. Let's go, Chase. I like that. I like that. nuts out. Jesus Christ. Emilio, what are we thinking, bro? No, dude. Am I going to be a stall picker of Ole Miss? No, no, no. Here's the thing, dude. Auburn's a pretty good team. Auburn's a pretty good team. Um, Dude, they've had such a tough schedule. I know. lost to my Aggies. They played played Georgia, right? And they kept it. Close with them. I Dude, was, they should. They could have won that they game. They should have beat Georgia. Yeah, they kept it close. They should have beat Georgia. And, I, and, and actually, going back to that uh, discussion about the Final Four, Dude, I think Georgia is like the – I mean, they seem fragile, dude. I don't know if you watched this yeah. past against Vanderbilt, dude. Up until yeah. the fourth quarter, bro, they were struggling. 100%. They were 13 – they had a 13-point lead, and Bar- Vanderbilt had the ball. And then, then just like – I mean – Kind of like Texas did in their first couple of games, and they just pulled away. But <laughs> yeah, dude. honestly, yeah. Luis, you're a fucking dick. I wanted, to, I wanted to, I wanted to say something about Georgia, but what? I mean, fuck. I, I know Brock Bowers is hurt now, but I, I still think Georgia is just that team that they can turn it on whenever the fuck they want. Like, I'm not too worried about yeah. them if I'm being honest, but. Maybe, but actually, sure. we'll, see, we'll see. Who knows? Maybe Georgia drops a game and fuck. Now it's a different team, but cool. You're the last. Yeah. Third. 
Wait, no. I got to make my pick. And uh, so it's Auburn against... Ole Miss at Auburn. Ole, Ole Miss, okay. Oh, man. They both played good teams, man. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with Ole Miss, to be honest with you. I mean, Auburn feels like they're like A&M from last year as in, in the sense that they keep it close, but they never win. So Yeah. Ole Miss, you know? Ole Miss is also like they'll, they'll have games they drop. They're not super consistent. I could see it happening, but I'm right oh, with them. Sure. The next matchup, we've got number 16, Duke, at number four, Florida State. Oh, uh, I don't know, man. God I mean, Florida, damn it. Florida State looks pretty damn good. I know. Uh, I think if they want to keep up with, you know, their, you know, playoff hopes and the fact that they're at home, I mean, Duke's a good team, don't get me wrong, but I got to take the Seminoles. Give me FSU by seven. Yeah, that, that game is at Florida State, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's at Florida State. Yeah. yeah, give me – yeah, I'm going to take Florida State on that one. I can't take any more upsets. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to end up looking like Parker next week. <laughs> Emilio, so you're Florida State as well? Wait, what What are the remaining matchups? Well, Actually, you can't know that, no, right? No, okay. no. Just make I really, I, I want to take, take an upset, but, you know – and I think this could be the one. You know what? Screw it. Yeah, Duke. Yes. I love it. Yeah. This this might be a, a pretty interesting one. We've got number fourteen Utah at number eighteen, the Southern Californian Trojans. That's dude. It's so hard for me because every week I take SC and they disappoint me. Um, I mean they did get their asses chapped last week. But they are at home, but they are playing a team that owns them year after year. But uh, it's so hard because, you know, Cam Rising, if Cam Rising's playing, there's no doubt Utah spanks them. Yeah, but 100%. This guy's been questionable. guy's been questionable for eight straight weeks. Um, you know what? Fuck the Trojans. Give me the Utes. Oh, shit. <laughs> Give me the Utes. <laughs> Give me the Utes. Give me the Utes. I love these picks. Really? Wow. Goals taking the Utes. Goals taking the Utes. Um, All right, here's here's my thoughts. I think USC is a fraudulent team, but um, I I do think that this is one of those games of their remaining ones. I acknowledge it's a tough game, um, but I like USC to get a comeback win just because, for one. I don't think Cam Rising will play. They're playing at home. They're probably pissed off about getting their asses handed to them by Notre Dame. And even though I think USC is fraudulent in terms of being like a top 10 team, I still think they're a decent team. I have picked against USC almost every week, and I think this is finally where I pick for them just because I do think it's tough for Utah to beat them three times in a row and the third time without Cam Rising. Um I just don't think Utah's as good as they were last year either, like overall. So I'm I, I don't want to make this pick, but I'm I'm picking the Trojans for this one. So 
And also, I'm also worried about Parker. I'm kind of scared of his ass, dude. Like, he, that guy legitimately scared me, so. <laughs> the thing is, is if you think that Notre Dame's front seven had a good time getting to Caleb, you want to see how good Utah's defense oh, is? I believe you. Caleb, I believe you. Caleb Williams is in for a fucking annihilation. I believe you. I don't think it's going to be like and a blowout by any means. or like. No, it's going to be a – there's going to be no offense because Utah doesn't have a good offense. I just, um, but they do have a great defense, and Caleb's going to – I'm just – I mean, hey, your pick is your pick, but if he struggled against Notre Dame, he's going to struggle against Utah. I know he's going to struggle. I know he's going to struggle, and I know it's going to be a tough game. Let me let me say this. I, I still think he's an this. X factor, and I like him to win this game for them. We'll let, me, let me add on to this real quick. Something tells me that <laughs> – something tells me that Cam Rising – has been purposefully not playing just so he could make his comeback against USC and hang his nuts on their forehead. He will. One last time. I, I think that's absolutely stupid of you to say. I think <laughs> I think if Cam Rising would have come back at some point, it would have been whenever he finally could come back. And I don't think he's been purposely saving himself for USC. Oh, whatever. Just go with the storyline. Whatever. It's a good storyline. Whatever. We need to roll through Emilio. these and then get through the week. So let's let Emilio. We, Emilio needs to make his pick for this one. See, I don't. I haven't seen the Utes. I just know they beat Florida earlier in the year and they lost right to Oregon State. Right? Oregon State's good though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah Oregon State's yeah, really good awesome. though. Yeah. Um, and then uh, who's it? Who's who's it? Um. Well, USC lost last week, yeah. Uh, no, dude, I'm thinking uh, K- Caleb Williams is going to come back. He's going to put on a show. I think uh, he's going to make up for his performance last week. So, taking USC. I just think I just think I'm, I'm going in that middle ground. Like, I think there's a worst case and best case for USC, and I think they're going to drop games. But I think that'll probably be US or the Washington and Oregon games, and I think – this might be one of the ones they win and pull out just because yeah. four blows is an X factor. Anyways, um, battle of unranks going back to the big 12. We've got TCU at K state in Manhattan. Well, the rematch, the rematch. Uh, that's tough. I mean, TCU on the road, but like you guys said, you guys may have found your new uh, golden child. I don't know, man. I mean, you guys look good against a BYU. BYU was five and one. They weren't a bad team. Give me the frogs. Obviously, I'm not picking against us, but I also like just to rationalize this. That's probably a game that K State should win, but just based on how the Big Twelve has gone, where teams that should win don't normally win. Uh, I'm riding with us. I also mm-hmm. think that if Josh Hoover puts in another good performance like he did this week and throws for 350 to 400 yards again, I like us to upset them. I also have been keeping a little a close eye on K State. They haven't been looking like they they looked last year. I don't think they're nearly no. as good. Apparently, Will Howard has been playing like shit. Now they're playing with two quarterbacks. Um, they're they're putting two guys out there. Nine touchdowns, think, seven interceptions. Yeah, not only just that, but TCU's defense has actually looked pretty fucking good the last couple weeks after that stinker that we dropped against Colorado. So I like us to go into Manhattan and upset them. We'll probably be underdogs. I haven't looked at any lines. I frankly I don't give a shit. Minus six and a half. I'm riding. I'm riding. I'm riding with uh I'm riding with uh with fucking the fucking hypno toads, baby. I'm riding with Josh Hoover. Frogs by six. Hmm. 
Colin Emilio. Go ahead, go ahead, Emilio, because I really got to think about this. <laughs> I was I wanted to be the last one because I, I I had a feeling that everybody was gonna pick TCU and I was just gonna pick KSU for the fuck of it. But uh, no, I'm uh, I mean I haven't watched either team. I just know that KSU beat Tech. Uh, this past weekend, but it was because I have a co-worker that is a really big uh, Texas Tech fan. Shout out, Andrew. I don't know if I'm allowed to give shout outs as a guest, but... Yeah, go for absolutely. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, um, I'm just going to pick... I'm going to pick KSU, guys. Just being devil's advocate here. I was coming for receipts next week. <laughs> Uh, what's we got one more? Cool. Two more? Cool. Fuck man. I It's the Big Twelve, so you can't really like be right or wrong. I know, dude, it's so tough. Like I really want to pick TCU and I really hope TCU does win because I fucking hate Give me and Manny Bailey to fucking put two hundred yards rushing oh. on them. <sighs> that, that's the thing though, bro, is TCU has had one good game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. That's the point. And it's in May. Hold on, is it a night? Is it a night game? I think so. Because that, dude, it's a fucking night game in Manhattan. Make your fucking pick. I think his Wi-Fi's got to get yeah, fixed. Yeah, I got. Mm, all right, Kansas State. All right. Oh, our last, wow. our last matchup. Number 17, Tennessee, at number 11, Alabama. Okay. Give me the tide. That's a good game. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. They're playing playing in Tuscaloosa, so I think that's the deciding factor for me. They're not losing two games at home this year. Well, yeah, that's true. I will say, though, dude, I I did watch – Bama against uh, Arkansas this past week, brother. Bama didn't look dude, good. That was abysmal. They struggled. Yeah. They struggled, dude. I mean, and, and, and again, going back to this, A&M is not very good this year because of how bad our coaching is. But, man, we handled Arkansas, and we could have outscored them by a lot if it wasn't because of all the terrible refing calls and all that stuff. And Bama – Generally, like, had issues with them, man. This, I mean, I, I could, this could be an upset in my eyes, to be honest. But, I, yeah, typically. So you Bama. taking Tennessee? No, I'm taking Bama. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do kind of agree with that. I think that this could be an upset. I think that this might be like. Yeah, dude, I, this might be an upset. I just don't think I, I, I agree. I gotta, I yeah, I, I gotta stick with Alabama just because it's at home. Yeah, exactly. Chase brought it up. Good rationale. They losing two games at home. It's this tough. Year. Yeah. It's tough to go into Tuscaloosa. I think is this obviously oh, yeah. this is not Alabama of the you know what we're used to. Well, we we've known that since about the the week they played Texas, but. I still think uh, Nick Saban and Alabama are a better, you know, combination than Tennessee and, and their head coach. So, 
I mean, give, give credit Tennessee. They're a good, they're they're a decent program now. Like they're not total shit like they were a couple years ago. But I uh, <laughs> I, I don't think they're that good. I, from the highlights I saw from the AM game, I also I do think AM should have won that game probably. And um, yes, we should. It'll be a it'll probably be a close one. We'll probably struggle again, but give me the tide. So yeah. To recap real quick, looks like Cole is the only one going Penn State. We've got a 50-50 split between Auburn and Ole Miss. Uh, Emilio's the only one taking Duke. 50-50 split, Utah and USC. 50-50 split, TCU, K-State. And then all across the board going with the Tide. So we'll see what happens week eight. Tides of the week. Oh, I'll go first. My, my tub of the week was going out to Texas. Going to get to hang out with my boy. Birthday weekend. Chase, I missed you. I did I miss know, you. Man. I wish you I was there. You should have really driven up from, from San Antonio, bro. Hey, bro, I didn't get an invite. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were in Mexico. That's Luis's fault, dude. That's Luis's fault. Yeah, honestly, it was. Yeah, but yeah. That. That's that, was, that was my tub of the week. Going out to Texas, getting to yeah, go see the, see the Horned Frogs finally get a, a good, dub, good dub. Dude, um, against... you gotta, I mean... I know that was your tub, but you got to give yourself credit. You went six and zero last week. That's kind of a flex too. So that's yeah. true. Yeah, it's baller. I, I, um, it's not a flex until you can do it two times in yeah. a row. My tub, my that's tub's it. honestly basically the same. It was good to you know have Cole in town. I don't think I've seen you since the since your wedding or yeah since your wedding last year. Dude, yeah. Good to see my boy again. Good to see the frogs finally get like a good dominant victory and look good on both sides of the ball. Um, we'll see if we can keep that up just because, you know, we're, we're still trying to put it together. But, yeah, it was a great weekend overall. Uh, I'll go. My tub of the week, what did I do? Uh, I went to the Rams game yesterday. They uh, they covered for me, tailgated, got a little buzzing, got a burger after, feeling great. Nice win. Kind of on a little NFL bender with my picks. You know, had a nice solid week. My bookie ain't uh, – I ain't paying up tomorrow, so that's a dub in my books. So, just happy to finally – you know, that's my job. That's my income, you know, right now. So, uh, I'm a winner. That's Love it. That Emilio. You. Emilio, you, you got to be you gotta be familiar with Tub of the Week since I know you're our inaugural yeah. listener of the Rub and Tubs podcast. Yeah, so. we appreciate it. What's your, yes, uh, well, what's your highlight of the week? Um, well, uh, I'm going to say, well, I I got two tops. One that I got invited as guests. Really appreciate it, guys. Pleasure having you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's it's good, man. I'm going to listen to myself on the way to work tomorrow or whenever. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, uh, that, and also, I mean, dude, I I know Luis and, uh, and Cole are big fans. I don't know about you, Chase, but dude, the UFC card coming up this week, man. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I'm so excited. Oh, oh, Isn't it Volk? Volk, Volk's fighting, right? Yeah, Volk. Yeah, Islam, last Volk minute. Took like a last minute. Uh, I love that guy. That's that's my dude. favorite fighter in the UFC. I think he's a badass. Same dude. He's yeah. He's just a a dog. A dog. Uh, dog. Hey man, well we appreciate you being on here, man. I've I've heard a lot about you, and uh, you're you're a good dude, and you know we really appreciate you. You know, listen to us every week and being a part yeah, of this podcast you, we appreciate thank you man you. thank you right, thank you so that should we yeah 
thanks for yeah thanks for coming on amila we'll, we'll definitely you know have you as another one of those uh recurring guests but um yeah i guess that concludes episode eight of the rub and tubs podcast we appreciate you if you're still listening rubbing and tubbing along with us um yeah exciting exciting week that we just recapped week seven and we've got some more matchups on week eight so we'll we'll get into it again next week there's a reason you can't see my hands right now cut that out (laughs) (laughs) nice work boy that was fun man